when people just look at the product of work of the autistic individual, the product actually tends to be better than the average. But the personal impression, there's just something about style and self-presentation that makes usually neurotypical interviewers go, oh, there's just something that's different. And most people equate different with bad and I don't like it. So today's episode will be slightly different, um, as this is, it was initially not a podcast that we recorded, uh, but a webinar we hosted a couple of weeks ago on neurodiversity. And as the webinar was such a great success, and it's also such an important topic we covered, we decided to flip it around in a podcast. Now, small introduction, almost 80% of all autistic people in the United Kingdom and almost 55% of all the autistic people in the Netherlands are actually unemployed. We find it difficult to maybe hire people with autistic and we have all kinds of stereotypes around why it could cause any issues. While we are underestimating the fact uh, that autistic people can be 140% more productive than neurotypical employees. This is what Lumila Preslovka is fighting for. She is professor at the University of Southern California in psychology, and she's a big ambassador of neurodiversity. So today we will discuss with her what the concept of neurodiversity is, and we are going to then specifically dive into autism, uh, as there are lots of different uh, categories, of course, to focus on. Uh, but it's not that the best practices apply to every single category. So we will talk about what makes autistic people, on average, much more productive. But also, how can you make sure that your hiring process is structured in a way that actually allows and enables autistic people to move to the next step in the funnel? So I hope you will enjoy this episode. What I would really like to start with, Ludmila, is uh, some terminology, because I think that most people really would like to get the terminology right, uh, but it also can be a little bit confusing or maybe unknown for them every now and then. So what I would like to ask you is maybe to start with a brief explanation of what is the difference between neurotypical and neurodivergent? And in general, people are very hard to classify because... People could have all kinds of differences, but when it comes to neurodiversity, the term very specifically originated by Judy Singer and Harvey Bloom at the very end of 90s when they were discussing originally um, autistic functioning, how it's different but not abnormal. So that's where the word neurodiversity was born and then it was applied to other types of developmental differences such as ADHD or dyslexia. So people came to use the term neurodivergent to those who were different from the expected averages of uh, neurofunctioning and then people who kind of fell into that average uh, came to be called neurotypical. But uh, their definitions of neurodivergence sometimes can include other characteristics in addition to the original ones. People could include PTSD or acquired neurodiversity from trauma, which also makes uh, the neurotypical definition a little bit fuzzy as well. Some people go as far as to say that uh, introversion is a difference, even though it's almost half of the population. So, uh, 
it depends on how broadly you apply the neurodivergence term. But in general, what is typical? The people for whom the world designed it uh, for uh, would be called neurotypicals. And the neurodivergent people who function a little bit differently and sometimes are kind of left outside of what's expected from the average person. Yeah, check. Hey, and um, what I see every now and then is that cognitive diversity and neurodiversity are oftentimes terms that a lot of people use interchangeable. However, there is a difference, obviously. Could you also explain the difference between these two terms? Mm-hmm. And neurodiversity, again, has very specific origin. It comes from the thinking about differences in development as variations of humanity, just important to humanity as uh, biodiversity is to the world. So it has, again, Carrie Bloom and Judy Singer coined this word. When it comes to cognitive diversity, it's not as well defined because people have used it in many different ways. So some people use it as synonymous with neurodiversity because somehow they think it's a more polite way to say that. Other people use it as uh, differences in, let's say, upbringing or national culture uh, that people bring to the workplace, differences in things like faith and values and uh, education. So cognitive diversity is less well-defined, and it would have some overlap with neurodiversity because some cognitive diversity would stem from neurodiversity and different thinking. So like people talk about uh, dyslexic thinking or autistic thinking. But neurodiversity is not just cognition in uh, in a rigid sense of term. It's also emotion. It's also physical experience of the world because our sensory differences are also linked to neurodiversity. So there is some overlap and that both refer to different thinking styles and the likelihood that some people will come with this kind of ideas versus other people who come with very different kinds of ideas, but they're not the same and neurodiversity is more specific, specifically linked to a variety of differences in psychological functioning. Cool, thank you so much. Also for clarifying this, to be to make a confession here, I also used to every now and then use those terms, two terms interchangeable. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't happen on purpose, but it's always good to have a clear definition of what we mean by that. It also happens in some literature as well. So you won't yeah. be Yeah. I, I looked up some statistics uh, because I think it's also always a nice way to start a discussion. So there were three statistics mainly that, ver- that really stood out for me. Uh, I think, first of all, that 15 to 20% of the global population is actually neurodiverse, a, a very big part of society. I think the middle one uh, is something that a lot of researchers, I think amongst uh, your researchers as well, Ludmilla, is uh, what we really try to promote. It has been proven that neurodiverse teams are more productive than neurotypical teams. So there is, in my opinion, a clear business case on uh, why to fight for neurodiversity also in a company setting. The last one specifically uh, is a statistic really surprised me negatively. Uh, I was assuming that unemployment rates would be significantly higher for neurodiverse people. Uh, but when I found that 
75% of the autistic people in the UK are unemployed, and that's uh, 55% in the Netherlands, according to the last research. It's a very high number. Why do you think it's, um, or maybe let's rephrase the question, what makes it so difficult for autistic people to even get their, their food in the door? Well, I call it the paradox of uh, autism employment because autistic people can be very capable of doing the job, but most organizations, hiring is based on things that are just used for every job without thinking about particular skills needed for the jobs and that are not particularly valid to this particular job and very often they're just like how charming you are in the interview which has nothing to do with the person is actually supposed to do and we do know from the research that when people just look at the product of work of the autistic individual the product actually tends to be better than the average but the personal impression there's just something about style and self-presentation that makes usually neurotypical interviewers go oh there's just something that's different and most people equate different with bad and i don't like it and that is one of the reasons and then when you don't have very much on your resume it's harder and harder to get a job so with time uh, the fewer jobs you had, the less likely you are to get into the jobs. But very often it comes from the mismatch between the actual job requirements and all the other stuff that people yeah. consider requirements for hiring, but they're actually very subjective evaluations that have very little to do with performance. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I heard you saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is that similarity bias is quite an impact well of course lots of different biases but i think similarity amongst one of those uh, we tend to prefer people who look like us uh, so there's definitely a bias aspect involved during the interview i also read an article uh, yesterday evening that almost half of the hiring managers uh, in i think that was a research in the uk also explicitly said that they prefer not to hire an autistic person so yeah. apart from Apart from like the unconscious biases that that arise during an interview, for example, my takeaway from an article like that is also like those hiring managers have a very particular view on autistic people in the workplace and a very neg- negative one. So what do you think are the, 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 the biggest misperceptions that, for example, hiring managers have with regards to autistic people? Uh, there is a lot of research where people also gave some qualitative responses and this is a u.s study where managers said that autistic people are just going to be very hard to manage it's going to take up all of my time they're going to create problems which obviously comes from stereotypes and uh, just inaccurate portrayals in media because autistic people if anything are less likely to create workplace drama but for some reason there are very negative stereotypes that uh, a lot of autistic people have problematic behaviors which is just not true autistic people tend to focus on work and uh, create very few issues sometimes autistic people ask questions to be sure how to do the job once they get how to do the job typically 
they focus very intently on the job itself and uh, the stereotypes are definitely very far from reality of majority of people but uh there's all kinds of other things like people would actually use obscenities to describe what they expect from autistic behavior in the workplace and uh, it's obviously not based on anything other than what society throws at you just through the media yeah so maybe during the interview process similarity bias plays a big role but maybe even far uh, uh, before that, it's stereotype and bias. Uh, maybe that is uh, that's playing a big part here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if I've... you know someone is autistic, you might just go with um, stereotypes. If not, you might just kind of perceive something different and go with similarity bias. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, by the way, for everyone who is listening today, uh, Ludmilla, I discussed up front. Like, should I? say people on the spectrum or autistic people because I really do want to use the the, the right language so autistic people is um, at least a more inclusive one to use so that's also why I'm using the term today this is something that I found in one of your articles more on the positive side if you would have to and I think we could all come up with some examples but if you would have to convince a hiring manager on the business case of um, hiring an autistic person what would be the top three characteristics that you would promote most in terms of productivity i honestly do not like business case because it dehumanizes people and it kind of says well here's a tool and i have a better tool go ahead and use it that said many people expect business case and want business case so uh, we often use the data from like this um, statistic from JP Morgan uh, that autistic people are more productive than the average person in the same job. What that means is that the person was selected very specifically for this position and the talent matches the job. Why autistic people can outperform qualified neurotypical people in the same job is autistic people are uh, very much focused on the job so they spend less time with you know office drama and uh, uh, irrelevant things because if we are selected for the job we like we really just want to dedicate our time to it there are also differences in learning so due to uh, focus and interest autistic people can sometimes learn a lot faster and also we integrate learning faster and we we kind of see connections between different items which also facilitates learning so the same uh, jp morgan internal study also found that autistic people well matched the job learned faster uh, significantly faster than neurotypical people. And um, uh, autistic people do tend to be uh, very loyal and very committed. But I really don't like this kind of sales approach. And uh, rather than saying, okay, so autistic people are geniuses, A, not all of us are geniuses. And uh, there are 
there is also a human case and a dignity case that you don't have to be, um, you know, super gifted to be valuable in the workplace that autistic people with average abilities also bring uh, their dedication and loyalty and specific skills to the workplace. So just promoting autistic genius, which unfortunately sometimes we have to just break um, through the stereotypes. But uh, in general, then I would also talk about that the value of a quality and human dignity. But uh, if we want to go with business case, then there are there are many studies about creativity and uh, enhanced learning. Yeah, and I, by the way, fully agree with what you're saying. It's a it's a shame that we sh- that we are some sort of turning this into business case. I think it's it's something that we learned from the general topic of DE&I that, that companies should see eventually some sort of a hard business case what we're doing. But I completely agree that it's said that we, at the first place, had to come to a point where it's, it turns into statistics and a, and a sort of a commercial case in order to mm-hmm. make a change. So yeah, fully agree there. If we would move on to the hiring process specifically, um, because I think that a lot of people that are also very interested in seeing, hey, how can we actually... Uh, promote autistic people getting further through the hiring phenomenon? How can we make the hiring process also more comfortable and inclusive in general? What would you say are the biggest things that we should uh, improve slash change in the hiring process in order to make the hiring process more inclusive in general, but also specifically for autistic people? The key is actually making it valid for anybody. Because again, People throw all kinds of irrelevant junk into hiring processes. And that is the key problem. They just kind of assume that if you can talk smoothly about whatever random things rain, uh, then you're going to perform well because you can charm the hiring manager, which obviously doesn't work. So if we focus job descriptions on specific things the person needs to do, then autistic people, and by the way, other underrepresented people are more likely to apply. If you don't throw in, you know, irrelevant uh, teamwork just because or uh, doing other things as assigned, but just focus on the essentials of the job. And then measure ability to do the essentials of the job with as valid instruments as possible, for example, job samples. Because when we start doing other things like interviews uh, that can trip over autistic people or long essays that are really not essential for the job performance, but they can trip over dyslexic people, uh, then our system is not valid. We're not selecting best people for the job to begin with because we're not measuring what's actually relevant and we're making decisions on things that are not relevant. And it is also unfair to specific groups that could do the job but cannot do all this other stuff that people put into the hiring process. That's in a nutshell. Make it valid. Yeah, and what is interesting, um, mm-hmm. we develop game-based assessments. And what we do at the end of completing an assessment is we always provide candidates with the opportunity to show uh, to leave a rating and feedback. And they can also voluntarily participate in scientific studies. And one of those studies being 
studies into different aspects of neurodiversity. So uh, prior to this, I asked our data science to look into the comments that autistic people specifically left on the question, uh, what did you like and what did you dislike about the hiring process? Uh, and what was, I think, interesting to see is that three different things came out very concretely. But the two that I found really interesting is um, the fact that a lot of people said, I really don't like open-ended questions, open-ended screening questions. Motivation letters were also oftentimes mentioned, but open-ended screening questions even more. Um, and uh, the fact that they would eventually prefer a an assessment over an interview. Would you Can you relate to those two comments that people uh, that most people left absolutely because for many autistic people open-ended questions are very vague and they yeah. can be answered in too many different ways and we don't know what kind of social assumptions don't go into it so it can be very unnerving what if i say it wrong especially if questions are intentionally vague and they just they feel like trick questions and uh, it's very hard to see relevance to the workplace. And uh, again, interviews have elements of social performance, social anxiety. And if, let's say, my job is focused on writing or technical uh, work, why do I need to worry about those things and performing under social pressure if I can actually show and demonstrate how I can do the job and that I have actual skills relevant to the job. So that's why the preference to showing rather than telling, because being good at telling is not necessarily something that translates at actual productivity and performance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, and um, because most companies will have job interviews uh, and uh, or. Uh, Maybe there could be an assessment prior to that, but I think that 99% of the companies eventually still would like to see people on an interview. Would you then, for example, also recommend to, because we are thinking a lot about uh, structuring interviews uh, with interviews questions, would it be more beneficial to then, for example, ask um, situational judgment questions versus, hey, mention your strengths and weaknesses, for example? Yes, something that is also relevant to the job, because people yeah. are very much like, like, what vegetable would you be in your first life? <laughs> so that kind of thing just has nothing to do with anything that throws people off. But if you have a structured interview that has judgments about particular what you would do if this problem that came up, actual the actual problem that happens in this particular job, it makes a lot more sense. Another thing that people often ask for is seeing interview questions in advance to take care of anxiety. Uh, some companies actually do that now. Uh, but even if you don't, then having st structured questions that are very specifically relevant to the job is very helpful. Yeah, check. Hey, we do have a couple of minutes left. Something that I did want, do want to touch upon still is the uh, canary code that you developed uh, because I think it's a, it's a very interesting and valuable model. Could you uh, briefly explain this model that you created and also what, what goal it serves? Well, it serves the goal of eliminating bias on all stages of talent management process because even if we cleaned up hiring, 
there are still inequities in how people are treated in the workplace. Coworker behavior, bullying affects autistic people, for example, more than others. Uh, neurodivergent people are less likely to get promotions because of biased promotion system. So I wanted to look at everything from how job descriptions are created, to how jobs are advertised, to hiring, to training, to promotion systems, so that neurodivergent people are more likely to be in leadership positions where they can influence organizations. And uh, looking at what works for all kinds of people in the workplace, not just for um, uh Autistic people who are often will often self-refer to that uh, to ourselves as canaries in uh, the coal mine, more sensitive to bad things. So, like if there's bullying, if there's any bad in the workplace, autistic people are more influenced by that. But how to create places where air is good for everybody, where environment is good for everybody, more sensitive and more marginalized, in, and then obviously for everyone else who is less vulnerable. And the same things come up over again, organizational justice, treating everyone uh, with clear procedures, transparency, participation uh, in decision-making so that people can have an input in how their work is organized. Uh, uh, we also want to have valid hiring, as I mentioned several times today, as well as valid data for all kinds of decision-making, such as promotions. So that's the idea. If we embed those principles, uh, such as participation, validity, and organizational justice and transparency in all of our workplaces, in each step of the talent cycle, we're going to end up with more inclusive workplaces and workplaces that are less stressful and more positive for everyone. Yeah, it's a very, um, I really like this model. I studied it already yesterday. It's it's a much more elaborate model than, of course, the time I gave you to uh, uh, to introduce it. But yeah, I definitely recommend everyone involved in hiring to, uh, not hiring, uh, talent management, from hiring to promotion and everything in between, to definitely check it out and see how you can practically implement it in your hiring process. Thanks so much for that. Is there one last piece of advice that you uh, haven't said yet that you would still like to say? People just get so nervous about language. Should you say, should you say autistic? Should you say person with autism? And preferences differ. So just don't worry. Ask each individual what they prefer. And we're always learning, so don't be afraid to learn because I think sometimes people are just so nervous about doing things wrong, they don't try. But just try with a learning attitude and that usually um, helps everyone in the process. Cool, thanks so much. 